Hello and welcome to another weekly teaching from Vineyard Community Church, St. Louis. We're talking about the kingdom story. Um, You know, we've been talking about these verses a lot, but we're going to keep referring back to them. They're verses that many of us have known all our life because it's when Jesus talks to us about his kingdom and his righteousness. He says, seek it first above all else. Seek his kingdom, not our own. Seek his righteousness, not our own. That's what we do first above all else. And he adds the rest, but that, that priority is really important. When Jesus teaches his disciples to pray, he acknowledges who God is and his goodness. And the next thing that, he, that, uh, that happens, he's says, your king, pray this, pray your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And so, you know, as we think about the kingdom of God, you know, we're, there's a lot of things in that. Like Louis talked about last week, I talked about the demonstration of the kingdom. Before that, Danielle talked about the proclamation of the kingdom, how we talked about the two are together, is that God's kingdom wants to come, and it comes to us, and it also comes through us, and the way that it takes place is through our words and through our actions, God manifests his kingdom. He demonstrates his kingdom through our words or actions. He reveals his kingdom through our words and our actions. And so one thing that I did as we talked about this whole thing of the kingdom is the question that I think that we're going to start out even before we get into the, kind of the teaching this morning is what are we asking for? What are we seeking? Like, now, the kingdom is quite in-depth. Every time I think I'm getting the kingdom fully, I realize I read and it, it expands more. I learn more about the kingdom. I learn how to live in the kingdom. I learn how to uh, welcome the kingdom more and more. I understand how upside down it is compared to the kingdom of this world. Uh, there's all kinds of teaching about the kingdom, but in the broadest sense, like, what do we mean when we're talking about this place of the kingdom, because there's many ways that we think of it, and sometimes they're just not correct. The the ways I would think of the kingdom that we just want to kind of keep establishing is when we're talking about the kingdom coming, we're talking about his active rule, not just theoretical, that he actually actively becomes ruler of this situation, this playing in our heart, this, this thing that's taking place, and in that spot, it brings this order to things. And in that spot is this also, if you think about what in the kingdom comes, we're, it's God coming near. We know God is with us, but we sense his intimacy. We sense how personal and relevant specifically to where we're, what we're going on. You ever had that feeling when, you, when the kingdom comes, you go, God knows me. You ever had that feeling? You know God knows you. You know, that's the kingdom coming. It's this intimacy and there's this place that we receive that. We yield to the yield to the rule and the reign of God. And so that is where we're going to be as we talk about it. And one thing I just, last, last week, if you remember, I had a time where I asked people, when did you experience the kingdom coming? Remember that? And I had lots, I've got a lot of buzzing up here. Uh, when did you experience the kingdom coming? And so many people experienced like what that felt like. But I want to emphasize, and I've always checked with her, Josie. I called her to make sure I got this right and it was okay with her. But Josie kept saying, okay, I've got to tell you this, right? And Josie had gone through a really hard week where Kirk had to go to the hospital. It was an emergency. 
the chance of him losing his, all his foot, I mean his toes, and going to a bad spot. And, and, and so Josie talked about how she was so scattered, right? You were just feeling pulled one way, another way. They're in the middle of a move and a remodel, and all kinds of stuff was happening, and she was just kind of undone. But then as people of church began just interacting with her, praying for her, here's what she said. If you, here's her exact words were. It brought order. All of a sudden, the active rule and reign of the kingdom brought order and brought him back to church next week too. So, right? And the peace of God came. A peace that was not natural. It was supernatural because of coming under the rule and reign of the kingdom. And so when we're praying this prayer, your kingdom come, your will be done on earth, we're saying, this, God, this is what I long for. I want to yield to this rule and reign of your kingdom. That's what the kingdom of God is, the rule and reign of God. Now, what we're going to be talking about today is the kingdom of God is worth everything. How valuable is the kingdom of God? Here's how valuable it's worth everything. So how much? Everything. <laughs> like, you mean everything? I mean everything. It's that good. We're going to talk about this value of the kingdom. Now, the kingdom of God is worth everything. It's this valued treasure. And so, the thing about the kingdom is... You know, when Jesus talks, he's, when he speaks, when we read the scripture, what you have happening is you're reading with your mind and trying to understand it, right? But you also have your imagination involved in that. This is why Jesus uses so many stories. So we, we think about the truth of what he's saying here, but then don't what we do is we start imagining the situation. And in that spot, the scriptures become alive because in that spot, God speaks to parts of us and you have your amazing, it is amazing how you can read the same scripture again and again, and God continues to reveal out of that same scripture. Right? That's why it talks about how good it is to meditate and, uh, on the Word of God, how to, how to think about it and how to imagine it and meditate on it. It says if you do that, you're like a tree that's been planted by a river where you never lose life. Right? And so when Jesus is speaking, one thing he does, he speaks often in pictures and parables. And in one place, in Matthew 13, we're going to get there and you can turn there if you like, he's, he's speaking and almost the whole chapter is just parable after parable after parable. Now a parable, is a, a, it comes from the word compare. And so one commentary, uh, commentary says this, and I like what it says. It says this, Parables are pictures or stories in which something is expressed in terms of something else. <laughs> something is expressed in terms of something else. There's this place in what Jesus does. He takes us to understand this place of what is natural, you know, and he's saying it compares to this other thing. As we think about the natural, we understand the spiritual truth that comes out of that as God reveals that to us. And what you'd find in most of Jesus' parables, and really all of them are leaning this way where it's going to, but some of them just says this quite often, is what? The kingdom is, 
What's that? What's the next word? Like. The kingdom is like, and it gives a parable. I mean, just over and over. He's saying, you know this one thing, I'm telling you this to show you another thing. I'm comparing it. And so you can see the kingdom is like what? Lots of things. A farmer who sows. Weeds. A mustard seed that grows huge. A place of someone going on a trip and leaving people in charge. A shepherd lost his sheep. A king forgives a huge debt. You know, it goes on and on. A foolish rich man, a good Samaritan, an unjust judge, new wine and old wine. You just go on. It's this picture of a parable. Now, the thing about a parable is the rule of parables when you read a parable. It's not an allegory. It's a parable. And a parable usually always has just one primary point. And we often take them and try to make more of that. There's one primary point through that parable. And we're going to be talking about a parable that has two in a row that all come to the place of the primary point. Oh, there anyway. This is a tradition of ours. These are picked up all over the building. We have like a thing of a hundred of them because we just keep putting them on. But there, maybe that will help a little bit. So, so where was I at? Something important. Parables. Something about parables. Yeah. <laughs> and so we have we have two parables married together that has one particular primary point. So let's read them together. Jesus is talking. He says, "The kingdom of heaven is like." And again, you'll see the kingdom of God and the kingdom of heaven are interchangeable throughout Scripture. Same thing. The kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field. When a man found it, he hid it again, and then, in his joy, went and sold all that he had, uh, all he had, and bought that field. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. When he found one of great value, he went away and he sold everything he had and he bought it. So we have these two parables and stories, and one is this place of this guy. And, and so as we think about this, it's good to use your imagination. Your imagination will be different than mine as long as you're getting the main point because you don't know exactly how this looks. But I use my imagination. And the first guy is like, wandering around this field, <laughs> he runs across something that's, that's kind of hidden, pulls things back, and there's a treasure there. I mean, he goes, you know, <laughs> uh, this is mine. How do I get this? Uh, hmm. So he looks at that, and now it's really important to understand. You might have an image here like, you know, pirate chest, gold and rubies, right? Because that's what we think is the best, most valuable thing, which that may be what you come up with. But it's way better than that. It's like when he's looking at this treasure, it's beyond just stuff, a lot of stuff. It is, that is what I've always needed and wanted and desired is in this thing. I, I have to have this. And so he goes off, probably has to calm himself down and act real cool as he leaves, and he goes and sells out everything, houses, 
drains his accounts and buys that field because of that one treasure. What's the clear point? The kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God is worth everything. It's that valuable. And it goes on to say, again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant looking for fine pearls. Now, it's a little different. This person actually is searching. He's not just wandering around running into something. He's searching. So you can imagine he's a merchant, not just a merchant of pearls. You have to realize in, the middle, in, in that day and age, ancient days, they, the pearl was actually worth more than gold. All right? And so a fine pearl could be worth more than your best gold. And so as this pearl merchant is going through them, guess what he's doing? He knows what's right. He knows what's the perfect pearl. And likely he has a whole bunch of really good pearls that he keeps holding on to, selling out some of the other ones, and continues that he's a merchant that is actually looking for the best pearl. I'm looking for what, the, what I've always longed for, this pearl. And when he finds this pearl of great value, he went and sold everything he had and bought it. Now, everything he had, part of everything he had was a whole bunch of pearls <laughs> that probably he had had for years and was very attached to and thought were beautiful and really enjoyed. But when he saw this one pearl, all those other pearls became easy just to sell to get that one. This is what the kingdom of God is like. And the thing about it is, is that these are saying the same thing. The kingdom of God is more valuable than anything and is worth more than anything. Now, have you noticed the things that when God talks about, there's often when Jesus is teaching, you may get used to it over time because you've read the story before, but I remember as a new Christian, I'd be reading the Bible and think, think it's going to turn this way and it turns the other way. Or he says these things that like, you can't say that. That's not true, because it's talking about one kingdom versus another, and you're thinking, I don't have, I don't have pockets for this. He, he always, there's a place, that's, often even in his parables, there's a surprise turn that takes place. And so, you know, as we look at this, is in Matthew, there's this story of, of, of a man who wanted to enter the kingdom of heaven. I kind of lead up to this one part of the verse. He starts out with, and he, answer, he basically goes up to Jesus and he says, now, how do I have eternal life? How do, I, how do I enter the kingdom of heaven? And so Jesus says, well, obey the commands. So he says, okay. Then he says, like, which ones? Well, and so, and this guy's sincerely looking for the answer to this. And Jesus gives them kind of a list of the commands, and he ends with the command that pretty well covers a lot of things. He says, you know, love your neighbor as yourself. And the guy goes, yeah, I, I know that, and I've been keeping those. And it's like, I've, I've known that, I keep... And I, he's not just saying that, he's really been doing everything he can to, to understand and to obey those commands as much as he knows how to. And here's what he says. He says to Jesus, what do I still lack? 
If you notice how he starts, he starts out the thing by saying, what can I do to inherit the kingdom of God? And he says, what am I lacking? And this is what Jesus says. Jesus answered, if you want to be perfect, that word can be complete. If you want to be fully complete, whole, sell your possessions and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come and follow me. When the young man heard this, he went away sad because he had great wealth. Now this was a surprise to the disciples too. Like, this guy looked pretty good. Uh, and he went away sad. He didn't receive the kingdom of God. How's this work? And so he's talking about this. As Jesus said, he goes, here's the thing. If you're wealthy, it's harder. Much harder. In fact, he says it's, it's as hard as a camel going through the eye of a needle. Now, if you've been around church very much, you've heard every illustration describe what that really means. I understand. After all my years of deep study, I think it means an expression that says you can't do that. <laughs> and they say the same thing, like, that's impossible. And here's the good news for us rich Americans. Yeah, with man, it's impossible. But with God, all things are possible. Right? But it is a sobering verse, especially being someone who has quite a bit of wealth. And that makes it harder. And, you know, the thing about this, this, this guy was not a satisfied, self-righteous you know, Pharisee who's just trying to check the boxes. This person was more like the merchant looking for something, trying to find it. But when he came across it, he couldn't receive it because he was trusting in the wealth. And it made it impossible for him to get into the kingdom of God. Now, you know, I think... And then after that, what's interesting is after that took place, <laughs> you know, it's sobering to us. It's also sobering to the disciples. They go like, where, where are we at on this, right? <laughs> We've left everything to follow you. We're all in. He goes, oh, you're good. In fact, you're going to be rewarded in great ways because you've given everything. You you've, you've understand the value of the kingdom. And so they sigh of relief. But he does close up with this. Many who are first will be last, and many who are last will be first. Another sailing in the, in the kingdom. See, the people who are first in this kingdom of this world are the people who have things and have power and have these, you know, that's first. But in the kingdom, it doesn't look that way. The people who maybe look like the last are actually the ones that are the wisest, the ones that are going to experience the kingdom and all how good that is. And so, you know, it's interesting because the kingdom of God is, if you read this verse, you think, oh my goodness, what does it take? But then this verse is kind of encouraging. Remember when Jesus had all the kids coming to him? You know, they're like, what are they doing? They're like, I think, I personally think they could feel the goodness of, of Jesus. And they just want to get near him. And they're just jumping on his lap and throwing themselves down, completely giving themselves over to Jesus. And the adult said, Get the kids away. 
And then Jesus says, Jesus called them to himself, to him and saying, let the children come to me and do not hinder them, for to such belongs the kingdom of God. Truly I say, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God is, uh, whoever, I, I, whoever, <laughs> whoever does not receive the kingdom of God like a child shall not enter it. This is how you enter the kingdom of God. You just give yourself fully over. Everything. Good news. And so these parables that we've talked about it's not about, the, the main point of the parable is not, if you sell everything you have, you'll get this thing. <laughs> the main point is, the kingdom is worth everything. And even if you lost everything in this world, and you ended up with the kingdom of God, you've made the best choice of your life. You have the most amazing deal, right? Now, there's this thing about God. He's kind of, the kingdom is like all in. Now, some of you, when you hear all in, you're more spiritual than some of us, and you are thinking about poker, right? Some of you are. <laughs> we all know we know that we know that kind of all in, right? You know, how many movies have you seen that? You know, you know it's not going to go good. The guy is sitting there, right, at the poker game, and the pot is really big. And you know the mafia or the bill collectors are all there, or whatever the thing is. And he's sitting there, and there's this moment that he's saying, I'm all in. And he shoves everything in. They say, you don't have quite enough. So he goes, well, here's the deed to my house. Here's my wedding ring. When you see that in a movie, you know it's not going to go to a well, right? Because, and the thing about it, even if he won the pot, it wouldn't have gained him anything, right? But the reality of it is there's this spot where we think, when we think of all in, we often think, not real wise. How about that person who says, I don't care what it takes, I'm going to be the best at this thing. I'm going to be famous. I'm going to be the star. I'm going to accomplish this. I'm going to give everything I have to this thing. They make movies about that too. You think, here it comes. The fame, oh, there's a drug. Oh, it just, it goes downhill, right? And the reality of it is, is that what happens in every of those cases, in those cases of what it, no matter what the thing is, even if it's a good thing, if it becomes the thing, the only thing, the thing that's above everything else, it always will destroy the person. And they'll miss what God has because it's not worth everything. And here's this, there's nothing else you've heard. This is what you need to hear. There's only one thing that's worth everything. There's only one thing, and that is Jesus and his kingdom. Everything else falls way short of any value. You know, I remember when I, when I first decided to follow Jesus fully, I'd, I'd been kind of living in the two kingdoms, 
Some of you guys know that because you're in both kingdoms. You're still playing with both kingdoms. You're thinking, I'm going to stay in this kingdom and then I'll come to this kingdom. You know, and I kind of knew Jesus wasn't wanting me to visit anymore, right? To kind of watch it from a distance and look in the windows. You guys know this about Jesus? He wants all of you because he's so good and he wants us to have all those good things. And so I remember recognizing there was a clear invitation and I remember I was not like the guy in the field who jumped up and down. I was still, my stuff had been blinded me to see how good the kingdom was. And I wasn't the pearl merchant. I was more like the, the guy, the young ruler that had lots of money. And I could feel that tension like, I don't know. I, I, is it really worth everything? And I realized... There's a threshold to enter the kingdom. And I knew God wanted me all the way in. Entering the kingdom is moving from one country to the other. It's coming across the threshold that is under a different rule and reign. And if you think about Jesus and how he'd always say these things like, if you're not for me, you're against me. And you're like, what? That sounds rough. But he understands. He says, you know, a, I know that a kingdom divided against itself, it cannot stand. It's because he loves us he says these things. How about this one is, if you want to find your life, guess what? You've got to lose your life. And when you think about that, you start understanding this is the way the kingdom is. It's this all-in part. You know, we, uh, we had this, this verse that we, we um, say quite often. It's in Colossians. And uh, it says, basically, just as you started, just as you received Christ, continue in that. Pretty simple. How did you start... And how do you continue? How do you start in Christ? How do you stay in Christ? The same way. Do you remember that feeling when you decided if you're a person who's gone and said, I'm in all the way? I remember, I remember when I lay in there, I remember thinking out loud, saying, God, I give everything to you. And it wasn't easy. But as I did that, I experienced the kingdom. It was the best decision of my life. So I remember thinking, okay, I'm done, Right? And then I'm going along, and it's like, no, this is the way I live. Just as I started, I have to live. It's like, so God's going along. It's like, I'm going along, gathering a few chips. You want to give those chips in to me? Do you want to hand them over? And I have to go, I'm all in every time. Always kind of like, oh, I hope. But every time I do it, guess what? I can start seeing the beauty, the goodness of the kingdom. It's, it becomes normal because it's like, Oh, he has more for me, and it's worth everything. And if there's anything getting away, he says, why don't you give that to me? And I'll end. Right? You guys know that feeling? Those moments in your life that you're back to that decision, am I in or not? <laughs> That's normal. Just as you receive Christ, continue to do that. Just keep giving it away. Now, 
you know, Paul puts it pretty straightforward. He says, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, in other words, see God's mercy, see his grace, in, with that understanding and seeing that, just offer your bodies as a living sacrifice. Like, whoa. Yeah. And here's what I love, because one version says, it's your reasonable form of worship. In other words, your reasonable response is just to offer everything. When you see God's grace and mercy of his kingdom, it's just like, I'm in, right? You know, uh, in Philippians, I think Paul, he gets it. See, if, if you've ever wondered, how could these people be so, so godly that they would give their lives up at times, which 11 out of the 12 disciples gave up their whole life physically, right? So when Paul's writing that, he's not just talking theoretically. He's actually saying it, it could be that even. But you think, how do they do that? I mean, they must have been stronger people than us. They must have been more disciplined and more sacrificial. No, they just, here's the only difference is they saw the kingdom and they saw it's worth everything. That's the difference. And the way Paul puts it is this. Ask, is this, right there, but this. How hard is this? There you go, there you go. By the way, that had nothing to do with those people back there. That was 100% on me. <laughs> Just because they get a lot of flack they don't deserve. All right. But whatever... Now, Paul, you have to realize, he had reputation. He had power. He had prestige. He had a pretty clear job track and career. And he had a lot. And he says, but as he just, after he describes it, he goes, but whatever were gains to me, and he had lots of gains to him. I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage that I may gain Christ. He says that just because he sees the treasure clearly. He sees the pearl and said, this is it. So, here's my invitation, which you've already seen. <laughs> Ask God to show you that Jesus and his kingdom are worth everything. We need his help to see it, right? We need him to show us, to open our eyes. And it, if you are holding on to anything that is keeping you from entering the kingdom of God and fully receiving what God has for you, let go of it. Let it go. All right? 